जय शिवाय A lot of people have asked me why I do not, you know, use the English translation of all the Hindi and Sanskrit words or the terms that I keep using, and why do I prefer to say prana instead of calling it a breath, or uh, chitvrittis instead of calling it a mental emotional psychological patterns or uh, vasanas similarly or chitta you know warehouse of all your patterns similarly there are lot of hindi and sanskrit words and terms that i use while i'm speaking and uh, i those who are seekers they are the seekers of wisdom actually right what are you seeking the truth truth is wisdom so you are supposed to learn all this and why i am saying that is because simply translating a word into the english language which does not have any vocabulary for the subtle domain the subtle aspect of life subtle aspect of human existence when you do that then you are translating something that existed in the subtle domain to the to you are approximating it to the words or terms which are only about the physical aspect the gross aspect so you lost the subtlety right then and there when we say uh, bhutas panchabhutas five elements what are panchabhutas five elements i have explained that in my sankhya darshan video and uh, you can watch those three videos to understand what is meant by panchabhutas or five elements but the moment we say panchabhutas it's about the subtle existence of life and there's a rough translation that happens and approximation happens to the from subtle to the physical aspect of life so you call prithvi as earth <laughs> it translated to earth you translate the another element of jal as something like water or fluid and then you translate uh, agni to fire no then you lose the entire meaning and you miss the point period if you do that why this is so is because the subtle aspect and all these terms that i keep using all these terminology of yogic sciences okay all this terminology has a very deep rooted network networked kind of existence in themselves okay so when we say prana prana me is not just the breath that human beings take 
or the vital force that human beings have. It's such a word where, where you have to understand what, in order to understand what prana is, you actually have to understand yourself. You have to increase your consciousness, experiment on your prana, your, your breath that you take and you have to understand prana as a vital force. Uh, so then you have to understand your energy structures that are there in the human body and then your own uh, pranamaya kosha, the energy body, the ethereal body you have to study and understand through direct perception. Then you have to also study plants and how the prana works for plants, how the prana is in the rocks, how the prana is in the cosmos in general. So you have to understand from micro to macro from human to the cosmos. Everything in between is included. You have to understand it in that way. So, but when you translate, okay, prana, then it suddenly becomes gross. It's not subtle anymore. English language does not have subtle word, words for subtle dimension of life at all. So it becomes gross. And now you, those who are reading just the English books, focusing only on the English terminology, they are just getting a very, very tiny part, just the tip of the iceberg, actually. That's what they are understanding whole life. Unless somebody has taken a pain to write just a book on prana, one word, one book, it's that, it's that deep, it's that networked kind of a terminology. And it's so much rooted into the yogic, ancient yogic practices. So much rooted into that. Until you understand all that context around it, not going to understand the words. It's exactly another example. Another way of understanding this is, you can study fish only to an extent. When you take the fish out of the ocean or you take the fish out of the pond or lake or wherever that fish was. You can only study it to that extent, to some extent, the physical extent, right? You can dissect it, you can, fish will be dead, right? When you bring it out of the, <clears throat> their ecosystem, if they are in ocean or in their, they are in lake or pond or whatever, wherever they are, if you take them out of their ecosystem, first thing is that they are dead, all right? Now from the dead fish, you can learn the anatomy, you can learn the physiology, that's it. So that's why now the modern scientist <laughs> understood that part that, okay, we cannot always, you know, catch a fish and bring it into the lab and dissect it and study. We have to go to the ecosystem of the living fish and let it live there. Watch it. See how it mates, how it lays her eggs, how, what the different kinds of breeding cycles are for that fish. When is it going to lay egg? When is it going? How many offsprings, you know, it's going to create? What chemicals are released? What kind of a sentient being that fish is? What kind of intelligence, if any, you know? Every being, sentient being has intelligence in them. That's how they survive. Are they social fish or are they attacker kind of and loan some kind of fishes? So you can study and learn more about something, completely about something. 
the wholesome view you will get, the wholesome wisdom about something you will get only when you study something in their in its own ecosystem. So you see, it's the exact same thing. Until you study something in their in its own ecosystem. And to now how to do that? It's not an easy thing. Not at all an easy thing. You can it's it's another example could be you know some tradition or some word or something you get from some other country some other language like Japanese or you know Chinese language or something but if you translate it in English you lose the entire cultural perspective and until you have that cultural pers perspective you're actually you may know the translation or English or for all the Chinese thing or all the Japanese thing or all the Hindi or Sanskrit thing you mean you may you may be able to speak perfect perfectly in English but you are not actually able to propound the wisdom you are not able to abstract you know it's a very abstraction it's an abstraction actually so you're not able to get the complete wisdom the complete picture of it so whenever you Nowadays, a lot of words have been included, a lot of Hindi and Sanskrit words have been included in English. But is there a, and they have been defined that way, but uh, yeah, a lot of words are not, especially related to <clears throat> yogic sciences. A lot of terms, a lot of words still have to be understood right in their ecosystem so you have to learn the language you have to learn hindi or sanskrit and uh, or read the commentary on such things by the writers or authors who have lived in hindu culture in the yogic system of india because their commentary is still way, way far better in English is still way far better their explanation is way far better because they have the cultural roots to be there now it's the same thing like you know age gap between the married partners in one country may be looked upon just legally okay the girl should be 18 21 or boy should be 21 or 18 years or whatever that is in different countries but in some cultures it could be a very different thing and they may have a completely different logic so just because something doesn't fit your lens your perception your idea your culture doesn't mean it's right or wrong or less important in any way that culture is using it that culture is surviving through that right <clears throat> So exactly in the same way, you need to understand how these things work. Now, another reason that I am explaining all this today is because, you see, in last 100 years or so, more than 100 years actually, whichever book was written about Kundalini and Chakras <laughs> in English, 
suddenly the entire diamond they changed the dimension of the topic itself <laughs> the kundalini and chakras they are subtle dimension okay but see the referral point for people who are trying to describe kundalini or chakras just because they do not have that cultural roots or the entire knowledge system or the network of web web that that network that web that these two words are connected to so they are looking at it ab- abstraction so they compare it with okay solar plexus is around your solar plexus chakra is around your first of all calling it solar plexus to the manipura chakra and then uh, you know saying that it's around your navel really reference point became physical while in ancient text or in yoga darshan or if you study these things the entire prana kosha pranamaya kosha okay the ethereal body the energy body that you have where you have all these chakras and description of all these chakras and uh, there's nothing physical about it first of all nobody ever referenced the chakras by saying anahata is in the center of your chest or that agnya chakra is here so only to those people whose perspective is still is through the physical focal point physical existence to them things are referred to it in this way because that entire lens that percep- perception of subtle aspects of life is missing especially to those who have learned just english language and you know i'm sorry to say this and this is not an offense in any way or you know a problem with the language or anything like that so don't take it that way but all i'm trying to say is that then you're just missing the whole thing the asanas the kriyas the mudras the entire science of yoga if you start connecting everything to physical body to energy body to this body to that body just the if you keep on just taking up the physical nature of everything the gross nature of everything and because you are learning in english then you are missing the whole point so that is what happened to all the kundalini and chakra books all the writers those especially the western writers and those who wrote about these things they just missed the the real thing you know they just tried to study and dissect the fish by taking it outside the pond and they they just did not know what the ecosystem is that that fish can survive or you know studying the getting the wholesome knowledge of it and that is why i see many people keep saying that i want to attain samadhi i want to have enlightenment but without raising my kundalini a very famous guru said that in the western country i do not want to name him but see how dissected and out of culture out of the pond the lake the ocean the out of the ecosystem abstract kind of wisdom knowledge this is and that's why we call such knowledge as branti gyan branti gyan means uh, you know illusionary knowledge knowledge which deludes you even more <laughs> see even the word gyan cannot be translated to wisdom it's not a correct translation at all 
if you study the definition of wisdom, it's the applied knowledge. And that which you perceive through your five senses, no, Gyan doesn't mean you perceive only through your five senses. It includes all the things that you have got in your entire existence. So it's that kind of a perception. And that's how you get the wisdom. And it's the wisdom which you download into your Vigyanamaya Kosh. Not the wisdom which you calculate or three, see or read through your, it's it's like, you know, applying it in all Panchakoshas, all your five sheets, the body layers that you have got. So whenever something, somebody, any guru, not just me, any guru is explaining something to you which includes Hindi or Sanskrit word, words, then you need to, words or terms, then you need to try to do your own research and study a little bit more and try to understand that word, that term in its entirety because only then you are understanding it. If you keep calling pranayama as breathing exercise, no, <laughs> you'll keep breathing exercise. Oh, you'll keep doing breathing exercise. Oh, life, you'll never become meditative <laughs> because you're not understanding the point there. You're missing it. So try to do your homework. Have, have you know, keep a journal or a notebook where you can note down, okay, this is the word this guru, this book was speaking about. This is the term. There is a lot of Google search you can do. There are a lot of Sanskrit, actual Hindi Sanskrit dictionaries that you can use. There are a very good, you know, very good knowledge base that exists about language and terms and yogic, especially about the yogic sciences. A lot of gurus have explained so many things. So try to learn the fish, about the fish, by keeping it in the ecosystem. Don't let take it out, let it die and just discover the whatever the damn physiology she has got. <laughs> Try to understand the entire ecosystem with it. Only then you will understand or know the fish. So this is very important because yogic journey is about the wisdom. It's about the truth and you're not going to get that if you take the fish out of the ecosystem. Okay? Namaste. Jai Shiva. Oh.